Today's episode is brought to you by Mazars. Sound Cartel. From Sound Cartel, I'm Nicole Goodman, and this is Business Essentials Daily. One of the biggest factors that can affect how your business operates is workplace culture. If it's bad, the good people leave, and you're left with a toxic work environment. Corporate mental health advisor Kerry Howard says the buck stops with the business owner. It's hard to manage the interpersonal connections among staff, but it's imperative to get a handle on it, to cultivate a thriving work environment. Chris Ashmore starts by asking Kerry, what is workplace culture exactly? And why, in fact, is it the key to profitability? Workplace culture is actually the environment that you tend to create for your employees. And because culture is determined by the leadership and then the employees come along with their beliefs and attitudes, that guides the behaviour and the interactions that actually happen in that relational environment within the workplace. So it defines how our work is progressed. The reason that it kind of impacts profitability is because it can create bottlenecks where there's micromanagement environments, for example, and that creates some inefficiencies and basically leads everybody to feel a bit unhappy. And that's the stuff that leads to presenteeism as opposed to absenteeism. The staff are there, the lights are on, but no one's home. They're just not very effective or efficient at what they're doing. We've heard of this term toxic workplace. What is that exactly? A toxic workplace is really a counterproductive work environment. So if we look at toxicity in its purest form and want to define it, there are certain characteristics like passive hostility, shaming, indifference, team sabotage, negativity and exploitation. And those things, either in isolation or in combination, impact the psychological well-being of the staff. And I think the scariest part is that 80% of workplaces are considered to be toxic. (laughs) And there's 10 questions that you can ask and you only have to get one right and that place is toxic. And the one that I say to everybody is one of the questions that always gets everybody going, ah, yeah, is have you ever raised an issue that's never been dealt with? And if you answer yes, then the workplace is considered to be toxic. That's, I mean, they're big numbers. How then do you deal with a toxic workplace? Do you mean to fix it or to cope with it? Can you fix it or can you only cope with it? It can be fixed. And I suppose this is the thing where we're talking about the leaders and the leaders absolutely can fix it and take steps to changing the approach that's taken within the team environment. In terms of do you cope with it, there's some interesting statistics about 40-45% of people who are in a toxic work environment just think that there's nowhere else there's going to be any difference. So they just put up with it and sit in it and tolerate it and whinge and moan and carry on about it, but don't actually leave it. Then you'll have about 33, 35% of people who will agitate to have something different. They're the ones that will stand up and say, you can't do this to us. And, you know, they'll go to fair work and do whatever. And then the remainder of the 30% will just leave. They'll leave a toxic workplace and go and find somewhere else. So it's really interesting because if you've got a third of your workforce agitating everybody else to, you know, fight and stand up against it, 
and half of them are pretty passive and just tolerating it and the other third disappear, you know, on a routine basis, you've got lots of negative impact in terms of staff turnover and some of those other challenges that really start to impact the profitability of any business. And so it's very important actually to start looking at workplace culture as the main thing that we can do to improve retention and actually save us money in the long term. So what does a boss do then to fix it? It starts with the boss. I suppose the first step is just to recognise it's occurring. And I think that's actually the biggest challenge. It's the recognition or the ability to be able to look in the mirror and kind of go, rather than just whinging and complaining that you're losing staff all the time and you're ever having to replace it and nobody's doing any work and all of these other things that we often get into, as, especially in small business, I think it's very challenging. But when you're getting lots of staff turnover, it's an unfortunate reality of you have to look in the mirror and you actually need to be able to see, well, what is it that you're doing that means that people don't want to stay around? Now, you know, for some businesses, it might be people are actually not able to stay either because the business isn't able to, you know, pay them enough or they can get other options elsewhere. But a lot of that turnover stuff is really because of how people feel that they're not valued or overworked or not underappreciated and all of these other sort of interpersonal elements that we just as small business owners tend not to think about too much. We're trying to meet the needs of our customers and we just expect the staff to turn up and help us to do that. But we don't necessarily show our appreciation or support and gratitude towards the staff members that are actually the resources that help you deliver the business to the clients at the end of the day. So we have to stop and think about the real value of our people. Is technology part of the mix when it comes to trying to shape workplace culture? Technology, definitely. I think one of the things that we don't do very well, we haven't reflected back very much on how technology has actually impacted the way that we work. So one of the things that you'll notice is that younger generations in particular don't know how to have conversations. And it sounds crazy that they don't know how to have conversations, but they're so used to texting each other and emails and those sorts of things that they don't like to pick up a phone. I don't know about your children, but that's certainly one of the things that happens with mine. And, you know, over time we've had to work on some of those communication challenges because when we look at written communication like text messages or emails, one of the problems that we get into is that they can be misinterpreted. Often the way that you intend it to sound when you send information, especially in short messaging, is not necessarily the way that it's perceived. And that is an issue that we just haven't been able to overcome as humans because the filters that we have applied over what we're reading is quite different because you're not in a relational kind of context with the person when they've sent it. And we know this because there's lots of stuff around the psychological elements that show that when we message each other, we're more likely to say things that we wouldn't actually say to a person face-to-face. So all the phenomena about, you know, breaking up with people via text and all of those sorts of things, people do it because it's easier. It's easier than having to have a face-to-face conversation. Now, why is that a problem in the workplace? Because the way that we relate to each other and the interpersonal connection is 
often negatively affected by the perception of this written communication. So one of the challenges in in toxic workplaces is that sometimes there can be a lot of verbal stuff and things aren't put in writing, which is where a big part of the confusion can be. Oh, I told you to do this. Oh, no, I thought you meant that kind of thing. And So sometimes we need both. We kind of need to be able to talk about what it is and then we need to follow that up with some writing that says, okay, this is what I understood you wanted me to do and here's where I'm doing it. So not all workplaces can do that because, you know, if you work in a cafe or something and somebody's yelling at you to get the coffee machine sorted out, (laughs) they're not going to send you an email about that. But it's the awareness around what's an okay way to speak to people Even when we're frustrated, how do we help people to understand that we're frustrated about an issue, not frustrated about the person, because there's a skill and an art to that. And when we talk about the technology elements, we need to then understand if we have a lot of technology dependencies in our business, it's going to change the way the impact that that has on our people, as opposed to other places where we don't have a lot. I do talk about AI though and AI coming into the mix and one of the things I think is going to get really interesting is that our language is actually going to become, I want to say, very vanilla over time (laughs) because the more and more AI generates from stuff it finds on the internet and shares it, we'll start to all kind of have the same words and things going around. So the technology elements in terms of work, it's a really interesting moving beast Absolutely. That's fascinating, actually, the, at risk of labouring the point. It really does come down to the boss to be able to interact and engage with his or her team and so that they feel comfortable that they can talk, not text, but talk to them when there are issues. Yeah, and I think one of the things we need to recognise too at the moment, what makes that more challenging is that We've got more than 50% of small business owners reporting poor mental health themselves. And that means that they're going to show up in the workplace probably more grumpy and not necessarily listening the way that they need to. So the awareness of needing to get your own stuff sorted out, we always say, you know, you've got to clean up your own backyard before you start pointing fingers at everybody else's mess. It's a bit the same. And I think that self-awareness building is, is really important. That was mental health advisor Kerry Howard. This episode of Business Essentials Daily is produced by the team at Sound Cartel. Thanks for listening. I'm Nicole Goodman. We'll bring you more B Daily tomorrow. Follow at BE Daily Podcast across social media and head to bedaily.com.au for more from the Business Essentials Daily Podcast. This episode was brought to you by Mazars. To find out more, visit mazars.com.au. That's M A Z A R S.com.au.